All right, all right. Let's do this King CX recap. King CX is in Mason, Ohio, or the Deerfield Township, just north of Cincinnati. That's about a nine-hour drive from Wausau. I decided to drive down Thursday night to break up the drive instead of doing nine hours on Friday. Took off work from Friday. Took off Friday from work. And anyways, went down Thursday night, met up with Bridger, and... uh yeah, it was good. Got there and uh and then well, geez, just went pretty much hung out for a little bit, went to bed, got up, had breakfast, and then we hit the road. And uh yeah, it was a pretty quick drive. I drove uh the first four hours and then uh Bridger took over after we got some gas and I took a nap, which was really nice because I was pretty tired. So woke up and we were about a half hour outside the venue. Just started to rain as we got closer to there. Um, but let up the track was just a little bit muddy, not too bad. I did have to clean the bikes after, but I got a whole hour of pre-riding in and, uh, the course was basically the same as last year for the most part, a little difference on the camel, the hills, and then, uh, yeah, the barriers were just a one turn earlier before the finish. Whereas last year they were like the final last little turn before the pavement. So, um, yeah, I got, got those in and then started to really pour like, I was going to spin on the road for five or 10 minutes and it started to rain and then really started to come down. Not too bad, but enough that like, you know, I didn't want to ride in that, um, since it wasn't really supposed to rain Saturday. So luckily I got my pre-ride in before the rain and that was nice. Got back to the house, uh, host housing. We were staying with, staying with Katie, a farmer who is the, actually the race director. Um, so she was gracious enough to host me and Bridger. We stayed at their house. So I cleaned the bikes. Um, yeah, Bridger and I went out to dinner, had some Mexican food, which was just so good uh hard to beat that rice and beans um before a race i love it it's good stuff and uh that was friday night got back to the house yeah i went to bed woke up saturday went for a spin for like an hour with bridger we rode for like 30 minutes on the miami little miami scenic trail which for a fun fact i looked it up it is just to see if it was paved or not um it was it is the fourth longest paved bike trail in the u.s it's about 80 78 to 80 miles or something like that um it goes from like cincy north along along the little miami river and uh or little miami scenic river something like that and uh yeah it was a fun little spin we went to like 30 minutes and uh got coffee at this place and we pulled up and we couldn't find it because there was like a little kids gymnastics place at an elementary school but the coffee address was the same as the elementary school turns out the elementary school is not currently an elementary school anymore so they had like community events and they have all these art and like uh small business like shops there um the coffee shop was nothing special bridger was not very happy with the uh lack of espresso and their uh their cookies or baked goods were all like pre-packaged i mean they were good but wasn't like they were made there so some it had five star review. We had to walk through with our bike shoes and stuff through like a little kids gymnastics practice in the gymnasium just to get to this little coffee shop inside the elementary school, which was really interesting. Anyways, had a little snack, biked back to the house. Um, yeah, put some fresh bar tape on the bars. Got the took the training wheels off. <laughs> training wheels as in like uh, my clincher tires, not my tubulars. I swap out when I'm doing these rides in the mornings before races. And then, uh, yeah, we didn't race till like 4.30 p.m. So anytime we race after like three or later, I try to get like a hour spin in the morning just to get things moving. So did that with Bridger the last couple weeks. It's been nice. Yeah, I put some fresh bar tape on, got the wheel swapped over and went to the race. Um, 
got checked in at this race. Apparently, there's in the tech guide, which I print the tech guide and take it with, but this time I only printed, like, a handful of pages out of the tech guide, like, the race schedule, like, the first couple of pages with, like, all the contacts uh, for the officials and stuff, and then also this race day schedule and, like, payouts and points just to make sure the checks and everything are all good at the end. And, uh... Yeah, apparently in the tech guide, which I must have not have printed those pages or read it before I printed it, um, the tech guide said you had to pick up your numbers two hours before the race, but we raced at 4.30 and I didn't get there till like 2.30 because um, I was getting on the course at 2.45 to 3-ish, that range. Um, so I was like one of the last people to check in. They weren't, the officials were not very happy, but they were, they were fine once, you know, they were just like, hey, this is in the tech guide, you should be here. Get your numbers at least two hours before, which just seems like a weird rule. I swear it was like an hour before, but maybe that was amateur categories or something like USAC races. Whatever the reason or whatever the reason, whatever the explanation, um, not a big deal. I got my numbers. Uh, number seven, so front row, those World Cup points kind of boosted me. And then I had a sixth and a third here last year, so I had like 40 points from those two finishes. And uh, yeah, I really wanted to capitalize on that and keep things going. Uh, day one, it went with, it was pretty slick still. Like there's a couple sections in the woods, like the more single track stuff that was really greasy. And one turn in particular, um, was like riding on like ice. Like it was just, it was hard packed, but it was so slick. Um, you're just drifting through the turn on your back wheel and in pre-ride, I was hit the gas a little too early and like a uh, slid out once, uh, nothing major, just like a predictable slide fall. Uh, just put the foot down and go down on your knee or elbow. Um, a soft landing, but anyways, went with the baby in the front and Grifo in the back. Uh, went with 20.5 pounds in the front, 21 and a half in the back, but probably should have gone with like 22 or 22 and a half in the back. Um, just to be safe, like it was as low as I'd want to go. I was just rolling that tire, uh, rear tire, just like vroom, vroom through many turns. Um, which was probably, yeah, like you know, that's that's good, uh, but probably getting the most out of that tire. Um, before I risk like rolling a tubular or something like that so pretty good yeah I had a, a good race I mean the best legs I've had all year and to have it after seven weeks straight of racing was pretty crazy I barely rode this week I had like three or four hours coming into this weekend I took Monday and Tuesday off I had conferences Tuesday um, till like 8 p.m and yeah I didn't ride Monday or Tuesday after the World Cup did like an easy hour hour and a half Wednesday didn't even do cross practice. Like I went to practice, but didn't do any efforts. Uh, yeah, I think I talked about this last pod, but basically 45 minutes on the rollers on Thursday night, hour pre-ride Friday. And then, yeah, my usual pre-ride morning spin Saturday with the race and stuff. So I was a little nervous to see if the legs would feel okay, but I did do a few openers or pickups on Friday, which I usually don't do the day before a race. But after such a chill rest down week type thing, I really wanted to open the legs up, especially before a C1. Um, if the C1 was Sunday, I wouldn't feel as pressured to do that, but I always feel better on day two. And like, I just wanted to make sure the engine was ready to roll Saturday for the C1 with more points and money on the line. So yeah, a pretty good start. Made the front group of six in the first lap. I think it was Curtis, Ian Eckert, Marcus Shelton, um, Caleb Swartz, Luke Valenti, and myself. So we had a group of six front group with like a five or 10 second gap back to the, a bigger chase group of like six to eight guys. Um, Somewhere on lap two early on by pit one, they had caught us, and I knew I had to move up. I could just feel the swarm coming and the chaos that was going to follow as people tried to move up and take advantage of, you know, making a bigger front group. And as I did that early on in the first lap after the first wood section, going towards pit two, basically someone had come in and chopped on this super steep, uh, like, less than nine degree sharper turn uphill with a rut. 
and uh, just basically slid out, took out a bunch of people, and then I was on Luke Valenti's left side by the tape, and he got stacked into a stake, the apex stake, and I was his bike like back wheel came up in the air and basically it was like on my handlebars or like on my wheel and you know so then we're dismounting and running up on the hill which is just pointless and the front group got away um so luke and i had to we were back like 10th 15th spot and i was trying to go hero mode and bridge back up to the front group on the off camber so if you saw something on reddit which some of you have sent to me someone posted a clip on reddit uh yeah just me bombing through the tape like basically it was starting on the high line and drifting down but luke was on the <laughs> the low line so basically i just was either going to take luke into the tape and put him through the tape or slow up just tap the brakes and try to save it and probably go through the tape myself which is what i ended up doing so yeah, I went through the tape and just came right back through, broke the tape twice, basically, um, but did apologize to the people and they fixed it. So thank you. Um, didn't have to stop or anything, which was probably some good luck um, after the bad luck of getting stuck behind another crash. Uh, but yeah, I was really happy. We basically made the front group. That was super good. I wanted to drive and be aggressive and push the pace. And so I was about to do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I got, kind of got that taken from me, which happens, you know, um, I knew I needed to move up and just didn't quite move up at the right time or when I was trying to, I was on the wrong side or whatever. So anyways, um, Luke Valenti and I basically came back from like 10th to 15th all the way to, we were sixth and seventh on the last lap and just about caught Funston and Caleb for fourth and fifth. Um, Curtis won by like five seconds over Ian and Marcus. And then it was like 30 seconds back to Scott. So, um, yeah, we could see Scott and Caleb on like two and three to go. And Luke and I were just trading blows, um, just kind of working together luke would downshift in the start finish and just drill it uh yeah if you guys don't know luke valenti u23 canadian champion for cyclocross rides for israel premier Tech's u23 devo team uh like the world or the pro pro tour team that you know chris room rides for and uh is the youngest he, this summer he won tour de bose which is a uci race stage race uh he's the youngest ever winner um yeah, he's just super talent, super, super strong. And so hanging on his wheel was tough, but I was a little better through the technical stuff for most of the, uh, that single track techie stuff, but his power is just insane. So I just knew I had to hang on for dear life on that stuff and then tried to come around him, uh, before the finish, but he, he just kept the gas on and kind of got it like a second gap before the pavement and then just about pipped Caleb at the line. And I just kind of sat up knowing we had like 45 seconds to to eighth place so yeah i finished seventh on day one in a c1 i think it's my highest c1 finish probably pretty sure um so yeah kind of sixth place last year seventh place this year this this year is way stacked like way bigger field and pretty much everyone except a handful of guys not there um and to be yeah only like what 40 seconds off the win from the national champ and had i i mean i feel like i had legs to be top three for sure today um on saturday i should say just kind of yeah a little bit of bad luck a little mistake and you know that thing's compound wrong thing at the wrong time you make a mistake or dab or go through the tape in a bad time and the group gets away and that's kind of what it is but yeah fire like so happy with my legs and uh the way i was riding and stuff so yeah that was good for day one all right let's take a quick break and i'll jump into day two all right uh so before we jump into day two i guess day one yeah picked up payout and stuff got home showered uh yeah bridger and i decided to go to olive garden just something quick uh easy reliable good you know and uh, all you can eat pasta and breadsticks so can't really pass that up um decided to do that with bridger which is good got home 
went to bed. I was super tired. Like I almost like fell asleep waiting for food at dinner. Um, woke up Sunday, went out for an hour spin with Bridger again. This time we went south on the little Miami scenic trail. Actually, we were going to go south, but it was close. We ended up going like northwest, but I was pretty cool still. I saw like a bunch of wildlife, uh, even saw uh, a coyote run out right. I thought it was first it was a fox like 10 yards in front of me across this bike path through the field, but then realized it was a coyote. So I haven't seen one of those in a minute. Pretty cool. Um, got home. It was like 10.15. We had, or it was like 9.30. Uh, we made breakfast. And then by like 10.15, I was so tired. I laid down, put a sleep mask on. And yeah, I took a nap for two hours. I woke up at like noon. Super refreshed. It was super nice. Um, got to the course. By the time I got to the course at like 2.15, um, they're already calling saying there's only six riders out of 40, 45 or 50, whatever that hadn't picked up their number yet for UCI men. And I was one of them. I went and got it before the two hour deadline. Um, one Canadian didn't pick up his number at all. I think it was Tyler Orschel. They, um, it was the same numbers. Like just one of them said day one and one said day two. And if you have UCI points, you have the same numbers both days. So I literally took a sharpie and where it said day one on the bottom of the number i made my one into a two um but tyler orshaw like must not have checked in because that staging he was number six before me and they're like you didn't check in today and his number said day one so good thing i put a day two on my number just you know to avoid all that it was really dry dried up it was warmer uh it like sprinkled a little bit on saturday which i probably didn't say but anyways i uh, went with a grifo chicane uh, 22 and then 23 in the back, but at the start we were going to staging and I just like Julian, man, feels a little low. So, uh, I told him to put 0.3 more in. So he pumped it up and left it at 23.3. So shout out to Julian for just doing what I ask. And even if it's a weird demand, like a request to add 0.3 PSI, um, pretty good start. I was like fourth or fifth, um, just as we hit the turn off the pavement and I was on the far left with like Curtis and Ben Frederick and me kind of close to the tape, but I decided it's like, I'm going to the front. I want to race on the front today. And, uh, yeah, I went to make a pass, but like everyone it was like a sweeper right-hander and everyone just, there was like a rut on the right and everyone shot left. And basically like, yeah, I don't know, man. I just got pinched. Um, didn't crash, but it was like in the tape, you know, tape was rubbing on me. And then a bunch of people, cause it was another right-hand turn and like, yeah, I don't know. Everyone kind of snuck in on the right, and all of a sudden I was 10th wheel, and I was just like, man, if I would have just stayed 5th wheel and not tried to go to the front, it would have been fine, but I wanted to go to the front. That was one of the objectives for the day was to get to the front and lead the race. Um, didn't quite make that because, yeah, basically split right away, and I was like 10th wheel, and before you know it, I was, yeah, the front group of five was gone, five or six, whatever it was. Um, I was in the group for like, I had no idea what place, but I think it was like seven through... 12th or something um and I was not happy on the Grifo and Chicane so I decided to pit but before I did that I tried to get to the front of the group I think I got to like second or third wheel and like our six or seven person group and the reason for doing that is to when you pit like especially in pit one it was slightly a uh, little uphill it was a fast still a fast like straightaway but it was a left-hand turn so pitting on pit one was slightly uphill and whereas pit two was slightly downhill so going up pit one and then we made a left-hand turn out of pit one so like you're on the right side in the pit and it gave you a little bit better exit but the main reason to getting to the front of a group when you have to pit is that that way when you pit you're in the middle of the group or at the back 
instead of being on the back when you pit and then being off the back and having a gap to close down. So I just kind of floated through the group. Um, I think I was probably like 12th or 15th. And uh, yeah, I just knew I had to get moving. So I pitted to the B bike, which had a baby on the front and grief on the back. So same as yesterday. Um, even though it was drier today, I felt like it was really slick or like just a dry bone type, like the grass was getting burnt out and, um, yeah. So basically anyways, um, I think with like three to go, I was in seventh place and Caleb was in sixth and Urschel was in fifth. And I was probably only like 10 or 15 seconds back from those guys. And I was just drilling it. I think I had Dylan McNeil, Owen, uh, Laito, uh, Raito Suzuki from Japan and, uh, someone else. Shoot. Who was it? Uh, Dylan Owen. Yeah, I think that was it actually. Um, so actually Dylan and Owen kind of like, I think Owen was off in front of us and then I'd caught him, but Dylan McNeil had crashed and dropped his chain. So he caught back on and was on the move. I, Brian Motter was in 11th and knew it was, he was closing down, but I really wanted to catch Caleb and Tyler for fifth and sixth. And I, yeah, I was like, you know, at this point, like, yes, yeah, so I guess going from fifth to fifth to 10th is, yeah, 10 points or whatever, 15, 10 points um, difference. But in the grand scheme of things, like, I just wanted to race hard and I wanted to, yeah, get a top five. So I was willing to sacrifice, even if I meant sitting on the front and sacrificing getting eighth or 10th instead of fifth, like I was going to go for it. And I didn't want to sit around and get in group dynamics and have Brian or someone else catch back up. Uh, just Brian is, that's the worst thing you want to see with one or two laps to go is Brian Motter. Like the, he's just a legend and to have him chasing you down like a diesel. Yeah. That's not what you want to see. So I was like, I just wanted to go for it and, no like leave with no regrets and not do the group dynamic tactic stuff which there's a place and a time for that and if it was a national championships and going for a you know a sixth place finish or seventh place finish if i sit in the group versus a 10th place finish that's a different story but this is a c2 in the middle of the season and i yeah i knew what i wanted to do and that's what i that's what i was going to do so yeah i drilled it stayed on the front for like a lap or two while everyone was more or less sat on and uh, Dylan McNeil actually came through with like one or two to go, I think two to go and just stayed on the gas. Him and Owen got a little gap. I think Lito or someone made a little mistake, opened like a three second gap and then we just never closed it. Um, so going to, yeah, I think Dylan McNeil actually caught Caleb and ended up fifth. Caleb was sixth. Owen was, or no, Tyler was fifth. Owen was Dylan, Dylan McNeil was sixth. Caleb was seventh. Owen Brenneman was eighth. And then uh, Lito and I sprinted. His his name is spelled R A I T O, but I believe it's Lito. Is how he said it in Indy when we talked to each other, um, the Japanese writer. But we sprinted uh, for ninth and tenth. I he came around me right after pit two, kind of came inside and shouldered me out to the tape, and then I got him back in the single track, where I was actually like really fast all weekend. Um, so just before the camels at the end of the lap on the final lap. Yeah. He got back in front, stayed on the gas. And I came, I was right on his wheel after the barriers. And just before the pavement, I was like, man, I got to get in the drops. Cause he wasn't in the drops and I was just about to drop, get in the drops, but he did. And now we were just basically getting over the curb and he got in the drops. And once he, we got to the pavement, he just started sprinting from the drops. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, shit, I knew, I knew it was going to be hard to beat him, but I was just going to go all out. Uh, last year, I led onto the pavement with Brandon Fix for the place for seconds for a, the second place sprint. 
um, and he got me right at the end on the bike throw, and I ended up third. Uh, but yeah, I knew I just wanted to, uh, I was going to have to sprint from the tops and go for it. So I kind of stayed behind him and then really kicked and I think I had a better bike throw, but he still got me by like a quarter, half of a wheel length. So shout out to him. Finally, he, I know he was just so happy. Bridger got some super cool photos of us after the race, just talking and congratulating each other. So very happy for him. I was very happy with my race, 10th place, nothing to write home about, but you know, I made moves early. I was aggressive and rode back after I wanted to pit. Um, so yeah, getting better with communicating the pits, getting more comfortable pitting and knowing when to pit, how to pit, uh, kind of takes some time to figure all that out. And you gotta, yeah, just, it's advantageous to plan through that and work through that and set a time side, set aside time before the race to have a game plan and know, have situational awareness to like when it makes sense to pit or where you want to pit or where you're at in the group and so on. That basically just enables you to have a plan and um, be more present and focused in the race. So, yeah, overall, pretty happy with the weekend, 7th and 10th. Bridger came down, got some great videos. Check out those reels. Um, got some great photos, did his own lettering, super creative. Um, yeah, it's just super fun going with him. We're going to be at home for a while now. I uh, have this weekend off before going to Iceman next weekend, so we're going to take a week off the pod. Um, well, maybe. Uh, one of the athletes I coach from Anago still, I'm not teaching there anymore, but I'm still working with uh, some, some athletes that I coach like year round. And yeah, shout out to James. He made it uh, out of the sectional meet for cross country for D2 and is off to state at Ridges and Wisconsin Rapids this weekend. So I'm going to go down and watch him. <coughs> Excuse me. I might, uh, might actually do a pod with him just to talk about the season and stuff uh, as I look to uh, or am working on some things behind the scenes to maybe do a little something different with this or some stuff in the future with athletes. But yeah, uh, super, super pumped for James. He's been working hard. So this is the second year in a row I've sent someone to state for cross country. Uh, I'm really happy with that. And yeah, I've sent kids to state for track for many years. So to keep it rolling cross country is super fun. Um, yeah, just nice to be home. Like this week I have off, head off Monday, Tuesday. I have conferences again till 7.30 PM tomorrow after school. So I'm not going to ride Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday, but really just taking an off week. Yeah, Chris and I talked, my coach, and going to chill before this week, uh, maybe get some easy long rides in this weekend, just depending on the weather and stuff. It's actually supposed to snow here in Wisconsin. Like, what the hell? Uh, but yeah, we'll see what the weekend looks like. Just listening the body. I mean, I been sick for like, not sick, but like had a head sinus, you know, cold the last two weeks I picked it up right before Indy or in Indy something like that um so yeah I just have a bunch of build up in the chest and head um blow my nose a lot stuff like that congested uh crashed right before Rochester and yeah ripped open my arm banged up the knee and bruised a bunch of ribs the same ribs I heard in Belgium um that was really painful for like three weeks to the point where like even at the World Cup or Friday after the C2 one of my like the local people here came and talked to me after the race and gave me a big hug and uh yeah when she gave me a hug it uh she like squeezed and I, I was like ah my ribs my ribs my ribs um so they're still a little tender but they're way better like in last year in Belgium they're like a eight or nine out of ten on the scale of pain uh this year they're probably like a five or a six and right now they're probably like a three or four so they're getting better so hopefully with some time off in November here after ice into Iceman and then after Iceman they'll heal up by the time we get to Atlanta Nationals in Belgium I just want to be back to full health before then because last year I wasn't and it was tough. So that's kind of on the agenda. 
let the body heal. I have aches and pains and bruises and cuts and stuff all over from these mud races and people's cleats and my cleats and yeah, just, you know, crosses, just these little things, knick-knack, tic-tac stuff that adds up and seven weeks, I'm ready for a little break and decompress. And this week already has been super nice. Um, you know, spending more time at home, getting stuff done on the to-do list, spending more time, you know, taking the dog for a walk and more time for myself and just like watching Netflix or something like relaxing actually it's, it's pretty nice. So that's what I got for you guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see if I do an episode with James or not. Um, but otherwise if I don't, we'll get an Iceman after, or we'll get a pod after Iceman. And yeah, I think I'll probably run the GoPro since that seems to be a popular video on YouTube every year. Uh, probably the biggest one. So we'll do one of that. And yeah, I'm looking to, looking to get a dub at Iceman. No doubt. I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, yeah, I feel like I have good fitness and with a little bit of rest and one uh, reset week, hopefully uh, get everything squared away and bust out the mountain bike this weekend and yeah, get ready to go. It's uh, one of my favorite races of the year, probably the most like the finish is just like iconic and exciting and exhilarating. So talking with modern stuff after at our cool down this weekend in Cincinnati and you know, he's won Iceman many times and yeah, just talking to him about it gets gets me extra pumped up. You know, the taste of almost getting the victory in 21, 2021 was, was insane and being off the front solo and stuff. So if you haven't watched those, go watch those on YouTube. Uh, otherwise, until next time, peace.